Hey, you're listening to the Beyond Podcast with your host, Timmy Riggs, and I'm here today walking us through Pastor Rick's second installment of the Distraction Series uh, sermon. And so this past week on Mother's Day, we actually talked about difficult times. It's something we're all going to face. We can't avoid them, right? And so Pastor Rick jumps into it. So let me have him actually open up with a uh, little short story. I think, I think our subject today is really good for Mother's Day because we tend to go through difficult times together as a family. So I remember when I was in college and I would be having kind of a hard day, I would call my mother on the phone. So I think I mentioned before that I was raised in a small Kentucky town. And, um, and my mother still lives in that small Kentucky town. In fact, on Thursday, my mother will be 85 years old. She is such a gift in my life. I'm so grateful for her. She's one of the greatest people I've ever known in my life. I would call my mom and say, hey, I'm, I'm really kind of going through some stuff and I need to talk. And my mother gave great counsel. She's the best listener ever. And then my mom would pray for me and, and she would say to me, why don't you take one of my checks? Now, this is almost 40 years ago. That made me feel really old right there, by the way. Everybody carried a checkbook. Take one of my checks and go buy yourself a new shirt. New shirt will make you feel better, you know? So that was kind of my mother's fix for whatever was going on in life. Just get a new shirt, you know? I remember one day my mother said, go get a new shirt. And I said, mama, a new shirt does not fix everything, you know? Even today, I'll come out of a store with a couple of new shirts and think, according to my mom, I should be doing great right now because I've got two shirts. All right, so Pastor Rick opens up the service, and he's kind of talking about his mom, how she just was always such great counsel in his life, right? Uh, She always had a way to help him uh, through whatever he was going through, which obviously it's a great story to open up with on Mother's Day, a time when we just want to honor our moms. But then ultimately she would hear him out, uh, maybe give some advice, pray for him. And then her secret recipe was to uh, give him her checkbook uh, and tell him to go get a shirt, right? And Pastor Rick kind of makes a few jokes about it, and and uh, that's fun. It is fun when we get to uh, maybe get some new clothes or get some ice cream or whatever after a difficult situation. But uh, obviously the truth is it's not necessarily the remedy that's always going to make whatever we're going through easier. And so Pastor Rick leads us to this point where at the end of the day, we kind of have two main options for how we face struggle. So let's go ahead and hear that from him now. It's interesting to me how we go through the tough times. Sometimes I'll watch a family or an individual go through a tough time and immediately they just turn to God. They turn to his word. They turn to prayer. They turn to the church. And they they will say to me, the closest I've ever been to God in my life was when we had experienced that difficult time in our lives. In fact, sometimes I'll say to people, tell me about a time when you experienced great spiritual growth in your life. And they will say, it was when we experienced a tragedy, a major sickness, a major problem as a family, an accident occurred, something happened, but that's when we got the closest to God. And then there's other people who do the opposite. I remember reading a story a few years ago about a lady who talked about how her husband got this terrible disease. 
Within about a year, it took his life. She said, I kept him in our home. Hospice came in to help. But I just watched him die this very slow death. And she finally writes, I have determined that there is no eye on the sparrow. And nobody is watching over us. And she renounced the faith that she once professed. All right, so Pastor Rick explains that often, if you observe carefully, there are like two different ways that families are going to go through difficult times, go through struggle. So option one, many times as pastors, we will hear someone who just says, this has been a hard year. This has been the hardest year for our marriage, for our finances, for our family, We didn't expect to lose mom this quickly. We didn't know it was going to happen like that. Even 2020, I think, left most of us saying this was a tough year. Uh, A lot of challenges we didn't expect. We didn't know how to go through. But through option one, we also hear at the same time, but God has never seemed closer to me. It was the hardest year, but I felt really close to God this year. His love, His grace, His faithfulness. It impacted me in such a major way. It reminds me of Psalm 23 when the writer talks about, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. I even like how one writer kind of translated, even though I'm in the fields of death and dying, God is still with me. As Christians, you know, this really shouldn't surprise us anyway, because God tells us, hey, I'm a God who who mourns with the morning. And Jesus says, if you seek, you will find I will be there with you. There's also another way to go through struggle and to go through pain. And unfortunately, this is a little bit sadder way to go through it. And that is getting to this point where you just say, hey, I I don't think God does care. I don't think he's here. I don't think he's real. And I just don't really have the faith right now to believe he's even there. And so I think it's easy sometimes to have the temptation to want to uh, try to fix this person and, and condemn them for that belief or fact. But I think just because they're in that place doesn't mean we disregard them. I think it's actually a moment where God's saying, hey, show them my love, show them my grace. And so though there are two options and we want to lean on the option of, of leaning closer to Christ, we don't want to give up on those who have maybe uh, are, find themselves in an isolated place completely alone. We want to continue to be there with them, to root for them and to walk with them. Rick moves on and shares the metaphor that the Hebrew writer compares our faith to. So let's take a look at that. The Hebrew writer in our passage today, and we've been in chapter 12 last week, we will be for the next couple of weeks, compares this Christian journey to like a race. There's a finish line out there. And he says, whatever you do, persevere. Stay steadfast. Don't give up. Don't lose your zest for running. In fact, you want the resolve that will say, I will not quit. And so I understand that if I'm in a race and I've got a finish line in front of me, there's things that can distract me. There are distractions the enemy is going to throw my way. And and in the scripture today, the writer uses two words, and the words are struggles and hardships. 
You say, Rick, I wonder why he said struggles and hardships. Well, it was because the people that he's writing to are being persecuted because of their faith in Jesus. The people that used to be their friends are now their enemies, and they're making life hard for them. These people are literally afraid of their, for their own lives. And he reminds them, nobody has died yet, but I understand the heat is being turned up. So whatever you do, you got to persevere. Don't quit. Make up your mind today that no matter what comes your way, you will finish this race. See, I think when things are going really well, we do okay. Life's good. <laughs> Money's good. The job's good. Family's good. Marriage is good. Physically, I'm good. And sometimes we translate that to mean God's good. But I believe the real test of our faith is how we respond to struggles and to hardships. Well, there you have it. Our faith is like a runner running a race. That no matter what, we keep running, right? It reminds me of this former Navy SEAL who used to, um, well, not used to, he actually, once he retired from the Navy, he started to be like an extreme athlete, okay? And a few years ago, he decided to do a 100-mile race. The crazy part was a lot of people started this race with teams. They would have different legs of the race that they would run, but instead, he did it completely by himself. And about mile 70, he broke his ankle. But to the surprise of everybody there, he actually ended up finishing the race. And eventually the reporter said, hey, how in the world um, did you decide to finish? Like, why didn't you just give up? Why, why didn't you stop? Why didn't you quit? And he just looked at him and said, well, that's an easy question. Because I started right? And so for this runner, this Navy SEAL guy, for him, because he had started, because he had jumped into a new journey, just because there were some challenges along the way, he didn't feel like quitting was going to be the lasting feeling that he wanted to live in, right? He felt like it was worthwhile to keep pushing forward, right? And I want to remind you guys today that we have joined and started a race of becoming more like Jesus, and there's going to be times where it's tough, right? We're choosing to show his love, his grace, his compassion. And seldom, often, it's not necessarily reciprocated. Being quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, even if we feel like we're right and we have the, the space where we feel like we should speak up and say something, um, instead, we're going to lean back and we're going to say, hey, I want to keep moving forward. I want to keep being more like Jesus. And so I want to encourage you that no matter where you are today, no matter what the struggle is, keep running. Keep moving forward in this race. It's something we started. We do not want to give up. It'll be tough at times. There'll be moments of doubt. But we keep pushing forward, and Pastor Rick walks us through our passage from Hebrews. Let's hear that now. And so when we get to verse 4, here's how he continues. You ready? So in your struggle against sin, you have not resisted the point of shedding your blood. In, in other words, nobody has lost their life yet in your circles here. And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son. It says, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline 
And do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Because the Lord disciplines the one he loves. And he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. So endure hardship as discipline. I'm going to say it now, and I'll probably say it again. He is not saying the reason you are suffering is because God is disciplining you. He is saying that discipline has great benefits, as do hardships. And so endure hardships like you endure discipline, knowing that God will use the hardships in your life to shape you and to the person that he desires you to be. He's not saying God brings hardships on you in order to do that. That's not what he's saying. He's saying when you go through hard times, understand that there will be benefits that God will bless you with through your hard times. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you're not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. So moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. So how much more should we submit to the father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our own good in order that we might share in his what? Holiness. We want to be like Jesus. No discipline seems pleasant at the time. Can I get a witness in the house? But painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So there was the passage, and uh, this week I just really wanted you to hear it one more time. Maybe if you heard it on Sunday, if you didn't, we'd love for you to go back and, and watch the whole sermon. But uh, really wanted you to just let that passage sink in. He clarifies that God does not make bad things happen to us, but rather uses those times to cultivate us. So I think that's an important distinction to recognize. Think of the passage that says God turns all things for the good of those that love him. Not all things are necessarily good, but when we put our faith in Christ, we are moving in his direction, not giving up on the race. Those things can be used for good. And in the sermon, that's why I'd love for you to hear it. Uh, we're not putting the clip in for this one. He gives a great illustration of that uh, actually happening. So I'd love for you to check that out. We're going to keep moving forward. And we need to understand that scripture illuminates the fact that we should not run from the tough times or feel as if God has abandoned us, but rather he will use it to our benefit and the benefit of the kingdom. And so our last clip from Pastor Rick, it's a little bit longer, but uh, it is the key and the heartbeat of the message. And I think it's a very helpful illustration. So we'll watch it now. And I was excited today because I wanted to use the illustration again for you. It's, it's the illustration of the A, the B, and the C zone. Now, you may say, Rick, I, I don't have any idea what you're talking about. What is the A, B, and C zone? So I'm going to say it real clearly right now. You ready? The A, B, and C zone represent everything you've ever started and the middle 
and the end. It represents the beginning, the middle, and the end of everything you will ever attempt in your life. And I'll give you many examples. It represents the beginning, the middle, and the end of everything you will attempt in life, even your journey of faith with Jesus. Okay? So let me, let, let, me, let me share with you what I'm talking about. Let's look at the A-zone real quick. If there's one word that describes the A-zone, it's promise. Okay? So 33 years ago today, May the 9th, 33 years ago, 1988, my wife Annette became a mother. Now, I feel like my wife Annette lives a little bit too much in the shadows, and so she's not going to maybe appreciate this in this moment because I didn't warn her. But would you just stand up and would you, oh, she's going, oh my goodness. Would you just, come on, just, just and just kind of turn around and just kind of wave a little bit, a little wave. 33 years ago today, Annette became a mother. Our daughter, Brittany, is celebrating her, her 33rd birthday today. That's the A-zone. I remember when we brought Brittany home from the hospital. I, I would come home from work, and she would be in this little bassinet, and I would pull a chair up, and instead of watching television, I would just watch her sleep. It was awesome. I, I, I remember what it was like having this little human in our house and in our arms and in our lives. It, it's the A zone. It's, it's full of promise. It's the beginning. And so I think if we carry that out a little further, we would say, it's when you buy the new car, you know? It's when you say to a friend, I just... So thankful for this car. This car is going to serve us so well. We needed a little bit of a bigger vehicle maybe for the kids or whatever. But it, it, it's when you buy something, it has the new car smell. Or I think it's maybe, you know, when you get a, a, a new house or a new-to-you house, a different house. And you think, oh, I love the house. You're in the A zone. Um, it's maybe when you get a new job and it's got all of the challenges and you're meeting the new people and you're kind of getting broken in. We have a new pastor on our staff. His name is Dan Rodriguez. And Dan just moved here from Indiana about a month and a half ago. And so now Dan is at a new job. And of course, they had to buy a new house. Dan's in the A-zone. It's, it's exciting. It's full of energy. It's like the first semester when you move away to college. It's the A-zone. It's full of promise. And I think in our marriages, it's probably the dating relationship, the engagement, uh, the wedding, the honeymoon, the first few months after we're married. It's a zone. It's full of promise. In, in our journey in faith, I think it's when we're born again. I love to tell people about when I was born again. I was 19 years old. And it was like I got a whole new life. My values changed. The way I saw the world, I was so different. I was in the A zone. I couldn't quit smiling. And I think for the readers of the letter to the Hebrews, it's when they came to know the love of Jesus. They had been living under the law that God had given them to live under, but now they've received the news that the law has been fulfilled. And now you just focus your life on what does it mean to love God and what does it mean to love one another? They were living in the A zone. So I think if the word for the A zone is promise, the word for the B zone would be problems. Okay? So, so I think when you, when you bring the new little child home from the hospital, it's when uh, you realize after about six months you haven't slept through the night yet. You know? 
It's, 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 it's the B zone. Uh, it, it's the challenges that we face in everyday life. It's when, the, it's when the new car becomes a used car, but you still have new car payments. Um, it's when the house begins to kind of fall apart and the repairs begin to pile up and, and you begin to struggle to get it all done and to keep up. I, I think it's when, you know, the job becomes a grind. And I think it's when uh, the college work becomes really challenging and... Um, and I think it's, well, in, in marriage, we have a way to talk about it. We say, I think maybe the honeymoon's just about over, right? <laughs> That's the B zone. It's, it's challenging. And I think in our journey with Jesus, it's, it's when we begin to just face daily life struggles and problems and challenges and temptations. And sometimes we find ourselves failing. And I think for the recipients of this letter, it was when they began to face persecution. These people used to be our friends, and now they're making our lives hard. And I don't know what they're going to do to me, and I don't know what they're going to do to my family. And I'm beginning to wonder, is this maybe one day going to cost me my life if I keep following Jesus? A-zone dreams are clouded by B-zone challenges. A-zone hopes hit B-zone walls. Here, here's what the danger is. And the Hebrew writer understands it. And it's his great concern. He's afraid they're going to go to the Q-zone. You say, wait a minute. You talked about A, B, and C. You didn't mention the Q-zone. What does the Q-zone mean? It's when you quit. It's when your child is a teenager and you say, I have no idea what to do with this kid anymore. You know? It's when you just kind of let the house go to pot. It's when at the job you just say, I, I'm, I'm done. It's when in college you just say, I, I'm, I'm giving up. And I think in marriage... It's when you long to quit. You say, Rick, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about divorce, aren't you? Let, listen to me just for a minute, okay? You and I know there's more ways to quit at marriage than divorce. And there are many, many, many of us who would, who would maybe never dream of the possibility of divorce, but you would say, Rick, I quit trying in my marriage a long time ago. I just, I just quit. I just gave up. My spouse can do what they do. I'll do what I do, but I'm done. I quit. I think in faith, it's when we begin to say, why is life so hard? If I'm following Jesus, shouldn't it be better? I don't know if it's worth it anymore. And I think for the recipients of this Hebrew letter, they were beginning to ask, is it worth what I'm about to experience to keep following Jesus? Here, here's what sometimes happens. You see this arrow? We, we feel the excitement of the A zone. We, we feel the stress of the B zone. Problems begin to happen in life. We go to the Q zone, and then we say, I need something new in my life. So we find a new A zone, and we feel the excitement. But when we hit the B zone stress, we say, that's it. I'm done. I didn't bargain for this. And then we need something new, and it becomes a cycle. If that happens, we will never find the C zone. The C zone. 
It represents payoff. It's where everything worthwhile in life comes from. It's when we said at the high school graduation of that little baby that was born you know, 18 years ago. It's maybe when we're at their college graduation or maybe it's when we're at their wedding and we beam with pride. It's, it's, it's the 50th wedding anniversary. It's when you pay off the house or the car. It's, it's when you stand before Jesus one day and you hear him say the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And for the recipients of this letter, it was finishing the race. It was crossing the finish line. All right, so I know that was a longer clip, and and I'll start landing the plane here. But Pastor says, in the best possible way, and it's the core of his message, that every decision, every situation that we find ourselves in, ultimately has three phases. The A zone, the B zone, and C zone, if we don't quit. The uphill climb will always come with a worthwhile struggle. So in your faith, there's going to be moments where giving up feels like the only decision or whether that's in our marriages or jobs or through our weight loss journey, whatever it is, friendships, right? Feels like, hey, I just want to give up. But if we keep moving forward, we'll eventually get to the place of the payoff. But if we don't do that, we're going to end up just getting stuck in a cycle of starting something fresh that seems exciting it becoming a challenge, and then quitting. And then we're just in this cycle of start, middle, quit. Instead of getting to the place of, yes, God was faithful, we were faithful, look at how we came out of that situation. The honeymoon stages quickly wear off. The majority of the time is spent in the B zone. But if we recognize that, we're able to flip our perspective. It's going to give us better endurance to allow us to keep running forward, to not quit, and to keep praying, to keep running, and to keep having those conversations and to keep fighting. So don't give up. And Jesus reminds us this, and I'll kind of close with this, that in this world, we will face struggles. But take heart, for he has overcome the world. Hey, thanks for listening to the Beyond Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it today. Uh, Again, this was such an incredible message from Pastor Rick. So we sure hope that you are checking us out at Bethany Naz on our YouTube channel, watching it there, or heading over to BethanyNaz.org and watching the sermon on the archives, or even now checking it out on the BFC app. Hope you have a great week. Uh, We'll see you Sunday, and you can hear us next week.